I tell you what, as a pastor, you never know about weekends like this. You don't know if maybe, you know, everybody decides to go have a picnic and leaves you high and dry, but this is good. We got a pretty good sized crowd here today. So in spite of, yeah, yeah. In, in spite of the fact that many are, are gone and on vacation and here, there, and everywhere, weddings and things like that, we still have a good-sized group here this morning. And so glad you're here and so good to see Pete and Mary visiting with us today. Always good to have them, right? Yeah. All the way from North Carolina. My daughter, all the way from Louisiana. Yep. Yep. We've been blessed to have my daughter Tiffany here for the last week, um, and she goes home tomorrow. We don't even get to finish the holiday. She's got to go home before the holiday's over, but uh, it's been good to have her here, and we've spent as much time together as we possibly could. So, And she's leaving behind her treasure, Kira, for uh, the summer, and so she can go to camp and hang out with us for the summer. So we're privileged to have her with us this summer, as always, so... Um, so it's good to have you, sweetheart. It's been fun having you around. Yeah. All right, I better get into the message before I start crying. Today is week seven of our Arrow Striker series, right? Arrow Striker, which is based on a book by Jonathan Hardy. And uh, we've been looking at 2 Kings chapter 13, a very remote and peculiar passage of Scripture We've spent the last six weeks, we've camped out there, literally, the last six weeks looking at lessons to be learned from this particular passage of scripture. And so I'm, let me just review real quick. Week one, week one, becoming an arrow striker. Week two, the opportunity in front of us. How many of you are seizing those opportunities, perhaps like you haven't before? Because you're thinking, hey, I'm an arrow striker. I got to seize those moments, those opportunities. Week three, the faith that changes everything. How many of you know faith changes things? Yeah, when we believe God for what God is able to do, that changes things, right? Week four was the power of going all in, right? Going all in for God. Week five on Mother's Day, the victory and blessings of an arrow striker. I hope that was a very encouraging message for you moms as well as the rest of us in the room, right? And then last week, week six, we talked about the commitment of an arrow striker. And commitment is vitally important, is it not? It's essential. How many of you know that word essential means vitally important? Vitally important. It's a must, right? So commitment is a must. We must be committed, fully committed, fully devoted to the Lord to see him do his best work in and through us. And so we're going to wrap it up. We're going to wrap it up today. The series is wrapping up today with a message that is entitled, Empowered to Give It All for God. Empowered to Give It All for God. How many of you like the way that sounds? How many of you want to give it all for God? If you don't, then, you know, that's okay. We'll, we'll get there, hopefully, by the end of the message today. But I think most of the hands in the room went up just then when I asked that question. Empowered to give it all for God. And here's the big idea. The big idea of this message today is a true arrow striker lives not according to their own strength, but hits the mark, the supernatural enablement of Holy Spirit. Can I get a hearty amen on that one? Amen. Amen. Again, we're talking about 2 Kings chapter 13, verses 14 and 19. And I won't read that entire passage, but I want to juxtapose just real quick for you again. I juxtapose Elisha and King Jehoash, right? 
It's interesting when you look at them side by side because Joash was much younger and healthier than Elisha, wasn't he? But he was weaker in faith and didn't give his best effort. Isn't that true? Isn't that what we found over the last several weeks? Then we have Elisha, who was an old man in his 80s. Not that you're old when you're in your 80s. You still got a lot of life left when you're in your 80s, perhaps, you know? But he was extremely sick and approaching death. Yet, yet, he was empowered by God and used by God even to the very end. That tells me there's no retirement in the kingdom, right? You can retire from work, you can give up your career, you can, but you don't, require, you don't retire from the work of the Lord, right? You get retired, get fresh tread, and you move on, right? And so we're going to look this morning at the difference between those who just kind of lackadaisically make it through the day-by-day routine versus those who say, God, I want to focus on you, and I want your empowerment in my life. Holy Spirit, enable me to do what would otherwise be impossible to do. Sounds like a great prayer, right? So we're going to look up Matthew 9.26. Matthew 9.26 is our go-to passage for this message this morning. One of the most encouraging and often quoted passages in the New Testament talks about for nothing, nothing is impossible when we come to God, right? And when we lean into him. So Matthew 19, 26 says this. It says, Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. But with God, say it with me, all things are possible. In fact, I want to repeat that last line of that here. And I want us to say it together, but with God. Say it, but with God, all things are possible. Let's divide it up into three parts so that we get it, okay? Here we go. But with God, all things are possible. All things are possible. Yeah. Think about the situations in your life and you look at it and you go, boy, I don't know. I don't know if God can work this out. I don't know if God can, can correct this issue or deal with that or fix this or provide here or direct there or heal me in this situation. Regardless of what it is in your life that looks like it's impossible, this verse should bring some encouragement to you this morning. Why? Because it says that with him. It doesn't say some things. It doesn't say a select number of things. It says all things. All things are possible. I needed that verse this week. How many of you needed that verse this week? How many of you are looking at this verse going, where was that on Wednesday? Yeah? <laughs> I think I've had a week of Wednesdays. I don't know if that, that makes sense, you know? But there are situations and circumstances that come into our lives. And, and for us, it looks like an impossible scenario, Right? But that's when we have to focus on Christ and what he is capable and able to do when we lean into the Spirit's power, right? How many of you know that willpower only gets you so far? I've said that time and time again, right? Only gets you so far. But we have to remember the possibilities, the endless possibilities that we have that open up to us when we yield to the Spirit's power, his power is at work, not our own strength. I learned a long time ago, and I relearn it often over and over again. How many of you realize that the more you go through life, you find that you have to 
relearn the same lesson over and over again. Yeah. It's like, I thought I learned that lesson. The Lord said, well, I want to teach you a little more about that, you know, right? And there are, there are certain situations where the Lord just keeps walking me through these scenarios. And he says, okay, I want you to learn what I want you to learn right here, right now, in the midst of what you're walking in and what you're walking through today, right? That's not leaning on our own strength or our own ability, but it's yielding to power of Holy Spirit. Today is not only Memorial Day weekend, Memorial Day Sunday, but it's also Pentecost Sunday, right? It's Pentecost Sunday. I've often said, when you're in an AG church, every Sunday should be Pentecost Sunday, right? Isn't that true? But this is the day on the calendar that commemorates the day that the Lord gave the church its mission. Isn't that true? This day commemorates the day that the Lord gave the church his power and his mission. In other words, he purposed his church to carry out his purposes on this planet, right? And in essence, today is sort of the birthday of the mission of the church, isn't it? It's the birthday of the church's mission. When, when the Lord gave the Holy Spirit to his church, to his group of people there, on the day of Pentecost, in the upper room. What was he doing? He was empowering them, right? To do what? To reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? To see change and transformation come to this world. It's the birthday of the church's mission. Pentecost is named after the Greek word, meaning 50th, 50 days after Passover, in other words. It marked the end of the barley harvest and the beginning of the wheat harvest. What I think is so significant about that is we're still in the wheat harvest, aren't we? We're still, the fields are wide unto harvest. In the truest sense of the word, we're still in that window. We're still in that window of grace, reaching people for Jesus. The fields are white unto harvest. You know, it's, it's interesting because when you look back in the Old Testament, there was a celebration or a, a feast called Shavat, and it was a celebration that reflects back on the day the Lord made Israel a nation. And a day that literally he gave his word, the divine instruction. He gave them the Torah, five books, the first five books of the Bible, the books of the law, right? And Shavat was sort of an upper mountain experience where Pentecost was an upper room experience. And so we see the parallels there. Pentecost is an event known by Christians as the coming of the Holy Spirit or the giving of the Holy Spirit to the church so that his purposes may be fulfilled in this world. The purpose of this outpouring, in other words, is to empower the church to move into their kingdom calling. And how many of you know we're not done yet, right? This is still unfolding and there's still more to work to do. There's still more to be accomplished in this regard. So I have a couple of thoughts I want to convey real quick here. The first is this, you have to have the essential equipment if you're going to be on mission, right? And I want, I want to bring up my bow and arrow again, right? We know from that passage in 2 Kings that Elisha came alongside. I'm sorry, that, yeah, Elisha came alongside, right? And he put his hands over the king's hands, right? He did what? Those hands represented his anointing that was to transfer to shooting of the arrow to King Jehoash, right? His blessing, the blessing upon his life was to transfer to King Jehoash. That mantle of anointing was on Elisha, was to empower the king to be victorious, right? But the problem was is, again, King Jehoash stopped short 
of doing what he should have done. You know, I'm so grateful that, that here in America, the armies that have fought the world wars didn't stop short of, of paying the price, literally giving it all, right? And I was reading a story out of the book, actually, out of the book Arrow Striker this past week. And the, it's an illustrative story. And, and the author, he says, among the many challenges during World War II was the need for technological advances, he says, with global supply lines shutting down, the U.S. military was forced to innovate. They developed specialized boats, vehicles, and aircraft to help them navigate difficult terrain. They perfected a new synthetic rubber for tanks, aircraft, footwear, clothing, and other equipment. And they even developed a new product to protect their ammunition. Anybody want to guess what that product was? Duct tape. I did not know this about duct tape until I read this, but I did go back and research and confirm that it's the case. Because of the weather conditions and the humidity that varied in the regions where they fought, these conditions greatly affected the military's ammunition cases. Ammunition that was repeatedly exposed to high humidity and moisture would become corroded and it would basically run and destroy the ammunition. So preventing this humidity was an essential priority because they needed to preserve the ammunition as long as possible. Makes sense, right? So with this new product that was developed, taping the cases in this new product named or nicknamed duct tape, eliminated moisture and the ammunition was protected. Waste was cut down, the ammunition was protected. Something as simple as duct tape. You know, I've often said that duct tape and nylon ties make the world go around. <laughs> Maybe you add Velcro in there, a few more items like that. Yeah? But where would we be without duct tape today, right? It was a great advancement, you know, and it, even though it was a simple addition to the arsenal, so to speak, it really helped them win the war. Had duct tape not been invented, perhaps the war would have taken a different turn. Who knows? Sometimes, friends, it's the simple things in life, isn't it? And it's the essentials. Again, that word essential means that which is vitally important. Something that you really can't do without. How many of you know that we can't do without the word of God, right? We can't do without it. We can't do without the word of the Lord. You know, there's a passage in Psalms that David, where David says in Psalm 144, verse 1, praise the Lord who is my rock. He trains my hands for war and gives my fingers skill for battle. Do you think maybe David was thinking about this when he wrote that particular passage? Trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle? Possible, right? Among other ways that they fought the wars, you know, they didn't have guns then, right? They had spears, they had swords. This was one of the few things that would fly through the air. You know, this was an important weapon of warfare. But how many of you know this is equivalent to this? It is. What do you mean, Pastor? I'll tell you what I mean. The Hebrew term, the Hebrew term that we could focus on for a few moments, Torah, literally means hitting the mark. Hitting the mark. In other words, it's an archery term, right? Hitting the mark. So as long as we are in his word, long as the law is hidden in our hearts, right? What are we doing? We are hitting the mark. We're focused on the target. The target, not target. 
Target might be going out of business sometime soon, just saying. If you don't know what I'm talking about, look it up on Google. Might get the truth, but then again, maybe not. Target's in trouble, right? Why? Because they've lost their way. They've lost their focus. But the target that we need to be aiming for is the truth of God's word. So the Torah is the word. So hitting the mark is what we sh- how we should live and what we should live by. Now, last week I talked about sin. I think I did at least. Sometimes I forget what I, what I say from week to week. But I think I talked about that sin. The literal term for sin is missing the mark. Did I not say that? Isn't it interesting that sin is missing the mark, but yet the Torah is hitting the mark? That tells me as long as we are focused on the word of God and we are aiming for those crosshairs, cross, cross hairs, hello? Did you get that? Cross hairs. As long as we keep our focus where our focus belongs, we are going to stay on course as it relates to the mission of the church empowered by his Holy Spirit. What does it look like to rely upon God's strength? What type of secret weapons do we have available to us? You know, I, I want to take us back to one of the most vivid illustrations of the weaponry that has been provided to us in the word of God. And it's in Ephesians chapter six. The apostle Paul gives us this very vivid illustration. We call it the armor of God, right? And I've said many times that it's really good if you can get up in the morning and get yourself dressed, brush your teeth, comb your hair, do whatever you do. I don't comb my hair, but you, you know what I mean. I shine my head actually, polish it. Shave it, polish it. But the armor of God is the equipment that we can put on for our daily assignments that God has for us. Holy Spirit, under armor. Hello, right? Put it on. Scripture says, rather clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not, you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature, right? Rather clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and, 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 and you will not, you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. In other words, you will live in accordance with God's word and his way, right? So we clothe ourselves with Christ. We put on Christ. And again, this familiar passage of scripture in Ephesians 6 says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. How many of you know we're living in evil days? And that that tells me we need to put on the full armor of God every day so that we can stand our ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand. Stand firm then. The belt of truth buckled around your waist. The breastplate of righteousness in place. Your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith. Why? Because the enemy is firing those fiery darts our way, right? Lift up the shield of faith which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. This is your sword right here, guys. This is your weapon, your weapon. And pray in the spirit on all occasions. Guess what? That too is a weapon. Yes, 
Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. So if we are going to live as arrow strikers who are enabled by the power of the Holy Spirit, we have to clothe ourselves daily in the full armor of God. It's essential. It's essential equipment we need to put on every single day, right? And if we do that, we will continue to hit the mark. We will hit the bullseye and walk in the fullness of all that God has for us. Not only that, but I don't want to talk for a moment about exponential impact. Many of you would love to have greater impact in your life. Yeah, I want my life to have maximum impact for the kingdom. I want it to make a difference. I don't want to be distracted by other things. You know, I, I've learned that here lately that sometimes it's the, the good things in life that can be distractions. You know, it's not, it's not the negative things in our lives that really are a distraction, right? Because I found that the negative things in life have, have a way of driving us to the Lord. Right? Because we kind of, we get desperate. We go, if this problem is going to be fixed, it's only going to be the Lord or what, right? Those things have a tendency to drive us to the Lord. But oftentimes it's the good things in life that are the distraction, the occupation where our focus shifts, Oh, I've got this, and I've got that, and I can do this, and I'm over here, and I'm over there. And, I'm, and if we're not careful, it's the good things in life that will distract us from the best thing in life. And that's staying on mission for Christ and having maximum impact on him. And notice that this says exponential, exponential impact. It's like multiplied, right? Multiplied over and over again. In other words, it has impact that goes beyond, way beyond what is humanly possible, right? Isn't that true, right? So I want to talk for a few moments about this. It's key for us, listen, it's key for us to participate with God and allow God to live his purposes in and through our lives. His purposes lived out through us. That's, that's, that's mission critical. That's what must come first. Again, We've got the target, the crosshairs of the target. Not, I'm not targeting you, Steve, in case you're wondering. How many of you remember week one when Steve shot the wall? I still haven't found that place on the wall, so I, I think we're, we're safe. Just glad nobody was over there. We, we keep our eyes on the target, keep our eyes on Christ. And, and isn't that really what living by the Spirit's power is all about? Is learning to say what Jesus wants us to say. Learning to do what Jesus wants us to do, right? How many of you know that sometimes exponential impact comes from just random acts of kindness that God gets behind and empowers? And we go, wow, I would have never thought that God would, would be able to do that with what I gave or what I did. Because when God gets behind something, it's exponential. He multiplies it over and over again, right? So that's what this exponential impact really represents and how we should live our lives in such a way that God can exponentially share his love through us, through acts of kindness, through the fruit of the Spirit, right? And we display the fruit of the Spirit, and as we display the fruit of the Spirit in our everyday lives, that, that Jesus gets behind that, and it catches the wind of the Spirit. It impacts people's lives in a way that we never thought possible. Yeah? That sound good? How many of you want that in your life, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, one of our ministry objectives, I, sometimes we have to go back to this, right? And I know it's been a little while. I know it was back in January since I have uttered this 
ministry objective and a service, but remember, here's what it says. The church we envision equips, enables, and releases ordinary people to live extraordinary lives. That's the church that we want to be a part of. That's the church that we envision, that God takes the ordinary and he just makes it extraordinary as he empowers us by his Holy Spirit. That's what I want in my life. That's what I want for you, right? Amen, amen. Let me kind of, I'm cutting on the fly here because I'm looking at the clock. Let me take you back to a passage of scripture that has meant a lot to us around here. It's Zechariah 4, 6. So he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Church, that's his promise to us. How many of you, sometimes you'll get a, a message, it's a text, or it's a, maybe, maybe you see an image on social media and you're like, I needed that today. I needed to read that, or I needed to hear that, or I needed that in, encouragement, right? I, I recently got a text from a, a friend of mine who gave me a passage of scripture that I hadn't really thought of in a long time, but it said that you will fulfill the purpose that the Lord has for you to rebuild the temple. I'm like, amen, I needed that. See, sometimes the Holy Spirit just cuts through all the fluff of life with laser-like precision. It's really cool because Pete came up to me right, right after worship there, and I don't know if you could hear it on the mic, but he said, when you shoot the arrow, it will have laser-like, what, what was it you said? Becomes a guided missile. Becomes a guided missile. Guided missile. And sometimes our words, when we speak them, right? They're empowered by the spirit. They're like a, a missile that impact for the kingdom. Yeah? Oh man, I love it. I love it. Love that passage of scripture. Mark 9.23 in the New Living Translation says, anything is possible if a person believes. You know, so if we're sitting here going, yeah, that's, I can believe that for somebody else, but I don't know if I can believe that. No, this passage says that anything, say anything with me. Say it again. Anything, anything is possible if a person believes. If you and I believe, it can happen, right? And I want to go to the third point here. It's enablement of the Spirit's power. We need that. I need that. I need that every day, right? Not, not just every week. How many of you, you some, sometimes, okay, confession time. Can you confess with me here? How many of you sometimes you come to church and you sit down and you go, I made it. I didn't know if I was going to make it or not, but I'm here. I made it. You kind of, praise God, I made it. Tell you, brother, I know you've been going through it lately. It's so good to see you. And you made it. <laughs> the enemy's been throwing everything on your path to try to keep you away from the house of God, but you're here today. You made it. Amen. Amen. And we can look around the room and, and I can point people out and say, you made it, you're here. For our conversation earlier this week, you had doubts whether you were gonna survive the week, but you're here, you made it. How? By the grace of God and by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, right? Because he supernaturally enables us, the Spirit's power, yeah? Supernaturally enables us. You know, when Jesus ascended into heaven, I'm sure Peter and, and the rest of the crew, they're like, let's, let's just go stir up trouble and take the world over. Right? I mean, after all, they were given a mandate. They were given a mission, right? 
let's just go, let's just go change the world. That's not the way it happened, is it? Matter of fact, I was reading an article by Robert Morris this week, and in the article, it was very interesting because in the article, you're saying, you know, the last words that Jesus spoke were not go. The last words that Jesus spoke were wait. Wait for the promise of the Father, that you will be endued with the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, whether go was the very last word or wait was the very last word, I'm not here to debate that, but I tend to believe that they were synonymous. Those two words go together. How many of you know it makes more sense to wait on the Holy Spirit and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit before you go to try to do anything for God? Makes more sense, doesn't it? If we wait on him to do what he wants to do in us, then we go and we know that he will be doing through us what he wants to do through us because we're empowered and enabled by the Holy Spirit to do so. That's what this weekend is about. That's what Pentecost Sunday commemorates, that waiting upon him, that supernatural endowment, that supernatural empowerment, that supernatural enablement for maximum exponential impact. It starts right here. It starts by waiting, waiting on him, waiting in his presence. You know, we we read about the upper room. It, It didn't happen just like that. No, they had to focus. They had to spend time focusing on Jesus. Yeah, in a way they had to kind of get, they had to put their own personal agendas aside. And they had to spend some, who knows, maybe even some time sorting through some differences between them, right, in that upper room before God could do in them and through them what he wanted to do through them. Yeah, they were up there a little while, weren't they? Right? Why were they in there so long? They had to wait because there were some things that had to be settled and taken care of. Their hearts had to be prepared, had to be cleansed, renewed, prepared for that empowerment and that enablement to take place in their lives. Our job, friends, is to rely on the Holy Spirit to empower us, to enable us, flow through us. Not just on Sunday. This this needs to be a daily thing, right? I mean, Sunday is really, for all intents and purposes, what I call the icing on the cake. How many of you ladies that bake, you say, the cake has to be baked all the way through before you put the icing on it. How many of you ladies made the mistake of trying to ice a cake that wasn't done? I'm not saying I've ever seen that in my house. (laughs) She's looking at me, I better stop right there. But I'll tell you this, if you've never had April's cake, you've never had real cake because her cake is like to die for. I mean, it could be like wedding cake, and it has been wedding cake for at least two of our kids, and Becca's wedding too, so hey, it's good, it's good. There have been times that I've seen like maybe cupcakes where you try to throw them together and you go, oh, I guess these weren't ready to be iced yet, right? Or if I bake, God only knows what will come out. (laughs) I'm not a baker. I'll cook, but I'm not a baker. But we're, we're to wait. You know, it says this in Acts chapter 1-4. We forget this passage. Every once in a while, we need to be reminded of what this passage says. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. And then we go from there to verse 8. In verse 8 in the New Living Translation says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me where? Everywhere, 
Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And this just keeps getting better because then we go to Acts chapter 2, verse 4, and it says, and everyone, say everyone. everyone. Are you seeing something here? Everywhere, everyone, right? This is to be everywhere and for everyone. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. That is a phenomenal passage of scripture that they actually were praising God in languages that they never learned. But the people that were there that day heard them praising God in their native languages. That's a miracle. Nothing short of a miracle of his enablement, his empowerment, right? You know, I was reading uh, an article this week by Kurt Landry. I, I like him. He's, he seems to be very insightful. And he says, if you're ready to receive more than what you think or ask, then invite the Holy Spirit into your daily life. Expect an upper room experience. Get ready for the new thing God is doing in this hour. It's time for us to receive his power, leading others to Christ and the nations back to God. He goes on and says, the indwelling and baptism of the Holy Spirit are what Jesus told the disciples to expect. With this power, they could move forward into new seasons, new beginnings, and new places. Without him, ill-equipped. The Spirit's gift of multiplication is intended to empower you to fulfill your destiny. I like the way that reads, don't you? They needed God's authority to rest upon them and display through them. Because his spirit, nothing, nothing is impossible, right? Nothing is impossible for God through the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, this past week I was waking up in the morning and um, I'm not really sure why the Lord does this to me, but I think, I think I know why because sometimes I'm a little, you know, I get distracted, right? And so that's one of the times that the Lord can kind of, hey, I want to talk to you. And I just, this thought was going through my mind as I was waking up. How many of you know you hear something, you go, wait, what? What's that mean? I, I, don't, I don't know that I like the way that sounds. But yet, it was, it was just one of those gentle corrections. And the Lord spoke this very clearly in my spirit. He said, a lack of gifts is due to a loss of vision. I'm like, ooh, ooh. Mind you, I had to pray through that one a little bit. In other words, we're not focusing enough on how God has gifted us as a church. And we're not championing all the gifts of the Spirit. We, we have a tendency to want to just kind of this gift or that gift. And it, it's all of them, friends, right? All of them. The Holy Spirit is the promise of the Father. The Spirit is the gift. But yet when we receive the gift, then there's multiple gifts flow out of the gift, Right? Like a gift that just continues to give and give and give and multiply over and over again. So I want to challenge us this morning on this day just to seek the Lord for a few moments before we walk out of this room and say, Lord, once again, I'm coming back to you and I need for you to empower me, to enable me, to do for you what would otherwise be impossible as you move in and through my life with the power of of your Holy Spirit. Supernaturally make it possible for me to live the life you've called me to live. Yeah? So I want to ask you, if you will, just to stand with me all across this room. And we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna play a song 
matter of fact, I'm, I'm just going to pray, and, and this will be like the formal dismissal of this, of this service, and if you've got to go somewhere, I know it's a holiday weekend, some of you are like, I got to get out of here. Oh, okay, okay, I hear you, you know, I hear you. If you got to go, you got to go, I get it. But some of you are like, Pastor, I didn't want you to end that service because I needed what you were talking about. So you can have your way, <laughs> either way. You can stay or you can go as I pray. But we're going to play this song. And if you want to come forward while we play this song and just seek the Lord for a few moments. And if you want to come back to that point with him and say, Lord, I need your power. I need your strength. I, need, I want to hunger and thirst after you. I am hungry. I am thirsty for you. So Lord, I pray that even as we respond this morning, Lord, whether we come to the altar and seek your face or whether we slip out the back and onto our weekend, I pray, God, that what you've spoken today through this, your servant, Lord, doing the best, the best I can to say what you laid on my heart to say, that's all I can do. And so, Lord, I just pray that you use the words spoken, that they have the impact that you intended for them to have, not only in the moment, but in the week to come and in the weeks and months to come. And I pray, God, that you will bless your people, God, whether we're staying for a few moments or whether we're leaving, God, that your touch would be upon us. And Lord, that you would lead us up from here, empowered by your Holy Spirit to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So if you need to slip out as the song is played or at the end of the song, you can do so. But if you want to step forward and say, Lord, I need you, Holy Spirit, I need you. We're going to play this song, and we're just going to loop it and allow the Lord just to minister his people. And by the way, I'll be down here. If you want me to pray with you about anything, I'll be floating around down here. Just pull on my shirt, and I'll be happy to pray for you. Mm -hmm.